Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send them hot, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. All those hot takes, you got to be able to put them in. Later on, I promise, I will make amends for the Antonio Brown gaffe that happened last week where uh, there's no way he's going to the Patriots. No, he's not that type of guy. You see, he left a good team. He didn't leave a bad team. We'll get to it, I promise, but there are more pressing matters right now. Now, last week in the Tennessee Titans game, Odell Beckham Jr. wore a watch. It was a really expensive watch. It was a really nice watch, and I didn't know the brand of the watch that he was wearing before, and I probably won't know after a while. came from the Richard Mille Boutique. Now, there have been several, and I do mean several, valuations of the watch, 350000 there have been. It was like the Lufthansa heist in the uh, in in Goodfellas. Some reports say four hundred thousand. Some reports say five hundred thousand. Some reports say five million. And I'm sitting there going, Jimmy, Jimmy, couldn't believe it. Odell Beckham Jr. wears a watch, and frankly, I would have had no problem with it in in New York. I have no problem with it in Cleveland. I think it's an end round. I kind of like it when a player goes out and makes his own money. It's kind of fun. It wasn't that he bought the watch and he just wore the watch. You, you get that, right? Like he's being paid to wear the watch. Like Rafael Nadal on the same day was paid to watch wear the watch. Okay. Let's make sure here. And there's plenty of people who, who have never heard of this brand. And, and again, it's $189,500. It's the price of a house in Northeast Ohio. So there were plenty of people going, well, I'd never buy a watch like that. Well, Richard Mille, if I can say, I think he's a Frenchman. Richard Mille also has $400 watches, which some people go, well, you know, I can't afford $189,500, but I might be able to do a $400 watch maybe for an anniversary if Odell keeps wearing it. Seems to be nothing in the bylaws here. It was very, very interesting this week. Over a watch. That's the world you live in when you live with Odell Beckham Jr., is that it's over a watch. And and over time, you see, people get tired of talking about a watch. People get tired of hearing about a watch. People are interested, though, in talking about that watch, even though they say they're tired about it. They still want to make grandiose statements about a guy who wears a watch on a football field. And if he would have won 43-13, instead of getting their asses handed to him 43-13, then it would have been a different story, and it probably would have been some of the cachet and some of the fun, and these are the Cleveland Browns that are here to talk trash and beat the brakes off of you and be able to wear $189,500 watches. Instead, it was the exact opposite way. I have no problem with Odell Beckham Jr. wearing a watch. It says it's a soft watch. It says it's not against any sort of their bylaws there. The NFL just has a problem with it, basically, because one, yeah, I guess you could communicate through a smartwatch if you're wearing it out there. I don't know how smart this watch is. It looks like a brilliant timepiece, if I can say that. Two, is that... 
I don't think Richard Mille is spending money with the NFL, and the NFL is probably upset with something like that. It's probably more the latter, to be honest with you. But there was one thing that threw me off, and I'm, I'm taking it to a place here as they get set for Monday night, because there was one thing that threw me off that, that, that did upset me, that did throw me away, that w- when we're talking about the watch, and this is what will turn people against Odell Beckham Jr. and other players, you can't tell me later in the week, let's stick to football. You said if anybody else was wearing the watch, they wouldn't have this type of scrutiny, and you're right. You said that because it's you, people make a big deal. They do. Let's stick to foot. No, 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 no. You wore a watch. Guys don't usually wear them. It's $189,500. People at first thought it was $350,000, which you can run up to that. I saw million-dollar watches on the website. I'm looking up Richard Mill watches for crying out loud. Which, by the way, is the same way I'll end the show. Because that's, the way, that's why talk show hosts turn on, guys. Because you're looking up things that you didn't want to look up. You didn't know about Richard Mill. Now, all of a sudden, I'm looking up Richard Mill websites, and I'm seeing how much the watches are and seeing why you would represent. And, and it bothers you because you stop talking about the watch. So you, you get upset, and then you get upset with the person you're talking about. The thing I didn't agree with Odell on was, well, let's keep it to football. No, you, you can't tell me to keep it to football and then consist and insist that you're wearing a watch consisting of very, 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 very expensive pieces. And then come back around and say, yeah, you know, let's keep it a foot. No, 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 no. You're going to wear a watch. Make it about the watch. Make it about you. We'll talk about it. And then Odell said a couple other things this week. My God, I, 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 I think a lot of people took it the wrong way. Because there's people right now who go, stop talking about the watch. Stop talking about Odell, this me guy, this 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 selfish individual in this ultimate team sport. What can we do? No, no, no. What he did was make Monday Night Football breathe, be alive, dare I say, made Monday Night Football great again. Because the Browns are taking on the Jets. Both teams are 0-1. Both teams have a hellacious schedule in front of them. Jets got to take on New England, then they get a bye week, then they have Philly, and then, isn't it New England again, and then Dallas? It's very difficult. The Browns have the Rams coming to town, then they go to Baltimore, Lamar Jackson looks like he is going to be the greatest quarterback ever, and then obviously you have a lot of other opponents coming up, with 49ers being on the road, and then Seattle at home. So it's a very tough schedule for both these teams. They need it badly. It's not just 0-1, it's 0-2, then maybe 0-3 and 0-4, and then the, the season's spinning out of control. One team's lost their quarterback in Sam Darnold, the other one had their quarterback play like garbage in the fourth quarter back on Sunday against Tennessee. They need it badly. And then Odell, he spoke to the media about Greg Williams. And Tom, I know we have that clip about Greg Williams and what some of the teammates, his new teammates with the Cleveland Browns, told him that they were trying to do because Greg Williams ordered them to back in the preseason game of 2017. Do we have that clip, Tom? Oh, let's go ahead and play that clip, Tom, because things just got interesting. Like in preseason, like nobody in the NFL is really out to do stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I had players on this team telling me that that's what he was telling them to do. Um, take me out of the game in this preseason. So you just you just know who he is. Uh, just just the man. That's the man who called him the players. 
Mm. Now the storyline drips. That is absolutely delicious. Greg Williams, he had his own retort. Tom, I know you have that clip. Go ahead and hit it. Odell who? That was a joke. (laughs) That was Jerry. Uh, You know, that's just, you know, those are the things. I think there's been several players. I just found out about it. But we've got several players that have already come out and, you know, that have mentioned things about that. We don't do that. I've never done that anywhere I've been. Uh, We don't do anything to hurt the team. It's it's the number one primary thing. If you're committing penalties, you're doing those type of stuff. We just don't do it. And, you know, you guys are cooperating, giving him attention. Just don't give him attention, you know. And it just is what it is. (laughs) <laughs> hey don't pay attention to that hey look over here hey you don't want to know nothing about that you're giving him attention that's what that well, you're giving him attention well yeah it's Odell Beckham Jr. and he just said that you tried to get him hurt on purpose and that the current teammates he has says that you were the one who instructed them to try to hurt them oh boy this sounds this sounds familiar to something Greg this sounds familiar to something. Now, I, I know that you have always tried to maintain your innocence. And damn, if I don't love you for it, Greg, you've always tried to, but you did get suspended for it before, did you? Can I, can I just hear this answer again? Because this is quintessential Greg Williams. Can we, can we hear this answer again? Please, Tom, get it loaded and play the damn thing again. Odell who? That was a joke. <laughs> that was Jerry. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, those are the things. I think there's been several players. I just found out about it, but we've got several players that have already come out and, you know, that have mentioned things about that. We don't do that. I've never done that anywhere I've been. Uh, we don't do anything to hurt the team. It's, it's the number one primary thing. If you're committing penalties, you're doing those type of stuff. We just don't do it. And, you know, and you guys are cooperating, giving him attention. Just don't give him attention, you know, and it just is what it is. I can't love clips that much more. I cannot love sound clips more than that. Because now you actually have something going on between two football teams on what was believed to be an innocuous week two Monday night game. Sam Darnold versus Baker Mayfield. Scratch Sam Darnold because of the mononucleosis, which I didn't know you could rupture a spleen in. My God. I hope he, in all sincerity, I hope he's feeling better soon. I don't want his career to be sidetracked or anything like that. I think he's a fine young quarterback. But now you got some storylines. It's personal. And there will be th- folks who say, well, you know, Greg didn't really do it. He did. Greg didn't do this. Greg did. In the words of George Costanza, it's not a lie if you believe it. And I believe in a few things about Greg Williams. I, above all else, Greg Williams is a talented football coach. He's done a good job in his career. He can't stay many places for very long because he's a bit of a lout. But he is a talented football coach who at the beginning of his tenure with teams can get the most out of players. He can do that. He's not interested in being best friends. There are guys who rally around him, and then by the end of it, they absolutely hate his guts. Demarius Randall said yesterday from the Cleveland Browns that if Greg Williams would have got that head coaching job, he would have requested a trade immediately. That's a quote from Demarius Randall. But now you have a football team that has a head coach in Freddie Kitchens who might be everybody's buddy. 
and might be too buddy-buddy with everybody. See, now there's a question because one guy's a defensive coordinator who leaves, and then you bring in Freddie Kitchens, and now you have the offense versus the defense of Greg Williams. You have the old head coach who was the interim head coach who did get a lot out of that football team. I got to admit, I think he's a lot. I think that his son has been put in positions because of nepotism. Absolutely, I believe that. But for Greg Williams, no matter what I say, no matter how boorish I might think he could be, he is still a good football coach and is still defensively gotten results. And out of that football team as an interim head coach, got results. I can't stand here and tell you that Greg Williams is 100% wrong in his methods. Because being in Cleveland, and I know that Jets fans feel this way, and I'm sure Rams fans felt previously about this, that when you have a coach that has that history, and make no mistake about it, He has that history. That history is in him. He did it. You know he did it. I know he did it. And deep down, he knows he did it. Did John Gotti ever say he did it on a stand? Hell no. Neither will Greg Williams. He knows he did it. And they're exciting for the same reason. Why do we watch mob movies? We watch mob movies because people are getting away with things. They live a life that secretly in the deep down depths of our regions of our heart, we wish we could live that life. We wish we could get away with it. We wish that there was something that we could hold so dear with each other that we could take this to the death. We could take this to the oath. Now, football shouldn't be that serious. Greg Williams seems to make it that serious. And there is something interesting about somebody who's Teflon who will never try to incriminate themselves or admit any sort of a guilt, even though we all know that he did it. We all know that Greg had the body. We heard the voice. Unless you want to believe it's Joe Vitt. We heard the voice. We heard the recordings. We heard the tapes. Just like in the top of the club back with John Gotti. We heard the tapes, Greg. We know what we hear. And we saw what we saw. And he denies it. And that's what makes it fun. Because when he's on your side like he was in in Cleveland, there was something in the back of our heads going, Oh, that guy's dangerous. You never know what he's going to do. We like to be in the heads of the other team. And so for a Jets fan right now, boy, we're in the heads. For Odell Beckham Jr., I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. has played the same way since that game back in 2017. I think that this has affected him the entire time. Ever since that play, when Breon Body Calhoun, who still to this day insists that it was absolutely 100% clean again, going back to my previous statement. Ever since that play, Odell has played the game differently. He's been hesitant. He's tremendously talented. He's still made great plays. I'm not taking anything away from the field. I I am a fan of Odell Beckham Jr. Was with the Giants and with the Browns, have to admit. I like flashy wide receivers. I think they're fun in a lot of ways. They can be maddening, but they can be fun. But you watch what's happened since, there's no doubt. Since 2017, Odell Beckham Jr. has been a different player because of that play. And he looks at Greg Williams as the reason. He knows he's been different because of that play. And he believes that the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets is that reason. And going into Monday night, he's letting everybody know. We saw the Zapruder film of what happened between the Jets and the Bills. Henry Anderson diving into the legs of Josh Allen. I had Bills fans in my mentions all throughout the weekend. It's amazing. They hated my guts last weekend. And now all of a sudden, we got to bring this to life, Ken. We got to go after the Jets when they come back to Ralph Wilson, excuse me, New Era Field. And we got to go after them the same way they did us. This breeds storyline. Not the best storyline. It is a little bit nefarious, let's be serious. But this breeds storyline. Something that I absolutely love. 
Because now week two of Monday night, it's not just a playoff atmosphere for both of these football teams. It's now a league-wide discussion. Greg Williams back in the crosshairs. Odell Beckham Jr. lives there. What's fair, what's not? And now the referees have to be paying attention as well. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Monday night is great again between these two football teams. Who's got more pressure on them, especially when you don't have a Sam Darnold for Adam Gase, and you are looking at 0-2, and the questions aren't going to sit with the quarterback per se. The questions aren't going to sit with the general manager. They are going to sit right on top of the hat of the head coach with the Cleveland Browns. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Big stuff this weekend, obviously. And because we were hijacked by Antonio Brown last week, 10.40 a.m. Eastern, we're going to get into the NFL preview, even though teams have already played. So basically, I'm going to do 32 teams in one segment. So I'm going to go rapid fire, and if I hurt your feelings... And I know it's based on week one. I'm very, very sorry about that. Which, You know what? I might smell something new to do every single week because it does take a lot of work to get this done. Uh, coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern, we'll talk to Solomon Wilcox, Pro Football Focus. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports, college football writer. Not the biggest week in college football. Not a lot of football teams playing against each other. I do like that game day's in Ames, personal thing. I do like that game day is finally in Ames for the first time ever. So Iowa State getting a little bit of love, and they do need to get the Cyhawk Trophy after that thriller that they played against UNI at the beginning of the year. Two one eight five five. Two one two four CBS. It's a toll free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Obviously, there's great news. You can save fifteen percent on car insurance when you go to Geico. It only takes about fifteen minutes. Go to Geico.com and save yourself a ton of money. All right, I can't see who the phone is. Do we have the caller? Do we have the caller, Tom? Go ahead and take him. Who's this guy? Who do I, who am I talking to here? Bob, Bob in of, Greenville. Go ahead. Bob of Greenville. Yeah. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Hey, listen, I'm not a big NFL guy. Um, I played for Clemson many, many years ago, so I pulled for Houston. But I like the underdogs, and I was kind of shocked at the Browns last week. And uh, my brother-in-law went to school with Jimmy Haskell, so I had some inside, inside information. I was shocked when John Dorsey, when he told me a Tuesday before the draft they were going to pick Baker Mayfield. But he looks like Baker Mayfield has turned out to be a really good pick. And change a lot of things in the NFL. But how did Freddie Kitchens? Wait come a minute. Wait a damn minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. Go. Go All back right. for a second. Go All right. Back for a second. You're telling me right. you had inside info. You are. We're talking personal sources, guy. Here, you have inside information no, about no, that pick from, my bro- uh, from the draft. From the well, draft. that's what I mean. You had inside information from your brother about that draft pick. Is what well, you're telling me well, here? It was a guess. <laughs> it was a <laughs> guess. Yeah, he what? heard. He, he heard from somebody on the inside that they were going to pick Baker Mayfield. And I said, no, I thought they were going to get Sam Darnold. My God. But, uh, well, you know, it's and some other information I had is that they wanted Lincoln Riley as a coach. But, you know, in the future, I don't know. But I just wonder how Freddie Kitchens came in the discipline. Look, what's going on there? Uh, well, what this already becomes, Bob, and Bob, thank you for the call, buddy. What this already becomes is this is already a referendum on the Cleveland Browns and already a referendum on Freddie Kitchens. 
I hate to say it because personally I like Freddie Kitchens. I think he's a good guy. Uh, but that, that's what this becomes here. Is that you're two games into this thing. Everything that the Browns have done throughout this offseason has been an overreaction. Everything the Browns have done has been a big storyline. And hey, I, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody. I made Tom play the music. I made him play Here We Go Again. Yep, I let Browns fans puff their chests out. And now you got week two coming up, and you got a football team that has to answer questions. They rolled over in the fourth quarter against Tennessee, who comes from a Belichick tree and Mike Vrabel, who were disciplined. They played like veterans. They didn't have to go high flying. They stoned them out. They made less mistakes. They took care of their business. They lined up, they mauled, and they won that football game going away. They let Cleveland roll over and die, and they wilted. And now getting ready for week two, you have serious questions to answer. The schedule gets very difficult here. Rams play big boy football. Baltimore plays big boy football. You go on the road to San Francisco, we have no idea what the 49ers are going to be. And then you're back at home against Seattle, who also play what? Big boy, big ass football. You don't win this game, you are in serious trouble. You don't win this game, we have serious conversations about that quarterback. We have serious conversations about that wide receiver. That's the way the world works. You play big boy football, you're going to play in this life, you're going to be talked about in this life. The Dallas Cowboys have lived it for 15 years, rightfully so and sometimes absolutely worthlessly. But they've lived that way for a long time. The Steelers live that way. The Patriots live that way. Green Bay certainly lives that way. You wanted to be in the club. Now you get to see what it's like in that club. Every single week is a referendum on you, on what your football team is about, what your head coach is about, what John Dorsey has been about, what the ownership is, and obviously with Baker Mayfield. Every single week you are talked about in this way. There is a ton riding on Monday night. And going over for Greg Williams, and I'll just flat out admit, right before we get to the break, I know that there's going to be a lot of stuff here getting ready for this Monday night football game that people feel are deplorable, that people want to say that this needs to be stopped. And yes, the NFL should always look into things. When when I'm seeing this video from the cold front report of a spliced together cheap shot, a spliced together cheap shots of Henry Anderson from the New York Jets, it's going to make you start thinking. And so you start paying attention to that. Refs start paying attention start paying attention to that. But there is something that you gotta admit, as a fan, you're interested in winning, you're interested in having the edge. You may feel Greg Williams gives you the edge. Because Odell Beckham Jr., two years later, is talking about Greg Williams in a pro in a pregame press conference during the week. He wasn't mentioning Dean Pease last week, and they got throttled. He's talking about Greg Williams. That's one of the preeminent wide receivers whose game has changed since 2017. If you're a Jets fan right now, you're rubbing your hands together. You're excited, even though you don't have even though you don't have Sam Darnold, you have Trevor Simeon. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Solomon Wilcott's in like 20 minutes. It's going to be a hell of a time. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. I had. I had a whole show laid out last week. Antonio Brown ruined the entire thing. And then the, to, to make it even better, I was wrong about him going to the Patriots after the show. That was awesome. Tom, you should have been there. You should have been in my basement last week. I'm telling you, I'm in my, I'm in my office. I'm like on the, oh no, I was sitting on the back porch. That's right. Tom, 
I'm in my backyard. I got the pond going next to me. Everything's great. I'm getting ready to go back in my office. My son's sitting there. We're watching. We're getting ready to go back in and watch football because I let the dog out. And I go back inside. I got a drink in my hand. Things are nice. It's a nice day. Not too humid. Nice fall. Just beautiful weather. And then, oh, yeah, Antonio Brown goes to the Patriots. And all those Patriots fans got in. I'm like, you jerk. Did that? They? they came right after you? Oh, my God. And the only thing, what could I do? I said, there you go. Congratulations. Savor it, baby. Because you got to admit when you're wrong, babe. You got to be able to admit when you're wrong. Yeah, but bragging about signing Antonio Brown is the dumbest thing ever. And, well, I, but the problem is, is I'm sitting there going, he's not their type of guy. Guys like Corey Dillon, who were good football players for them, come from bad organizations. They take malcontents from bad organizations, and those guys end up playing well. And by the way, that has been their M.O. I'm not wrong about that. Like, they took guys from struggling places who were really good football players who bought in. And they turn them into real great gems for them and help them win great things and in some cases win a Super Bowl. That is true. This doesn't follow their MO. This is different. But I thought because of the previous, I thought that he wouldn't go there. I, I thought that they wouldn't sign him because of that. Because I'm thinking, no, nah, it's not Oakland. It's really the Steelers. He left a good organization that really, in a lot of ways, is intertwined with the New England Patriots in their way. They're they're more dramatic in a lot of senses, but they really try to follow that same way. I go the, the Patriots. They don't allow you to have that that freedom inside their building the way that other organizations will allow you. They don't want to hear about your helmets. They make sure you have socks on your feet. They don't want to hear about your Instagram or any of that other stuff. They're interested in one thing: winning. But people who wanted Antonio Brown, they didn't want to hear that. And then they got Antonio Brown. So I just said, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. There you go. Congratulations. I mean, am I wrong there on, on that end, Tom? I mean, yeah, no. you got your player. It doesn't matter what I say. You got the player you wanted. That's all that matters as a fan. I was strongly now, agreeing. I still don't understand yeah. why they signed him. And in a lot of these cases, people keep talking about Randy Moss. Even the, the recent Josh Gordon case, I think it's a lot of like – rehabilitating or refocusing players who weren't properly focused or lost focus where they were, who are talented players but needed the correct motivation, what they don't do is take flyers on complete wild cards. And that's the difference between Antonio Brown yeah. and, and, and even Josh Gordon. And, I, and I'm thinking it's not just – it's not off-field stuff because people wanted to do the Aaron Hernandez. And I'm thinking, you know, hey, as, as, as crazy as that – yeah, as crazy and disgusting as that can be – Aaron Hernandez did handle his bill, handle his business in the building. People wanted to bring up Gronk. Gronk always handled his business in the building. Richard Seymour didn't handle his business in the building. He got shipped off to Oakland. You never heard of him again until the Hall of Fame. Jamie Collins didn't handle his business in the building. They shipped him to Siberia at the time, Cleveland. Even though Adam Gase was just making jokes about that the other day. So they, they have that M.O. So it, it is against it. But at the end, they get the player. So, yeah, fine. If I'm wrong and that makes you feel any better, then I'm wrong about that. But it was a hell of a show last week because that all it was was Antonio Brown for four hours. And I had all this stuff planned out. And I wanted to do an NFL preview. Tom, I know you were excited. I know I was excited. I know the American people were excited. And then they went out and they played a week of football. And some teams look good, some teams look like garbage, some teams were ho-hum, some teams have nothing to worry about, some teams have a lot to worry about. So what I'm going to do here in the next how many minutes? We got 32 teams, right, Tom? They didn't add anymore, right. right? That's right. So what we're going to do, baby, because I, 
I don't think that people care about picks every week, and we've argued about that, but I do think they want to hear the preview. So you know what? Fire up the NFL music. Let's get going. The preview that we were supposed to do until the show got hijacked by Antonio Brown. Hit it! And we're just going to go right down the line as it shows on every single major website. We first start off, Tom, and Tom, you can interject at any time if you want to, buddy. We start off in the AFC and the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills at 1-0. Boy, I like the defense and the way they're able to play. And I like that the world opened up for Josh Allen. He's a fine young man who has a live arm. I really, really love Sean McDermott. I think this is a sub-500 team this year, but I think that he's a hell of a coach. I wish, I hope, I hope, I hope the Bagulas give him more patience because I think that he is a good football coach. I think this team can turn the corner as long as Josh Allen can turn the corner. The Patriots, you know about the Patriots. It is a risky move about Antonio Brown, but if it does play out, and it seems like it's going to play out because he's going to be able to play, according to the NFL, because it's a civil suit, and we'll get into that later, It's one of the best wide receiver cores in the league. Maybe the best wide receiver core in the league. And you have the most legendary quarterback who ever played the game throw into him. What the AFC East has become is a multi-level marketing scheme for Bill Belichick. Last week, Bill's fans were upset with me. Now they're happy with me. Or two weeks ago, they were upset with me. Now they're happy with me. Because I did say, hey, they traded for Russell Bodine or Bodine and then they immediately cut the guy. They give you a six-round pick. You guys are doing victory laps over a six-round pick. They've won six Super Bowls. Anytime Bill Belichick calls up to trade you a player, and this goes to the Jets with Demarius Thomas, I'll assume he's out of gas. If they call up looking for your player, my first question is, are my coaches coaching that player right? The New York Jets, they got their backs against the wall. This Monday night could very well be their season. No Sam Darnold and no Sam Darnold for the foreseeable future with mononucleosis. Adam Gase, there's been a lot of talk about some of the dysfunction, a lot of the fighting. You already have Jets fans, including Tom, who are jumping off the Adam Gase ship. Two weeks in, it could very well be their season. You spent nine months in the offseason preparing for this. You went on, got Adam Gase. You had an embarrassing press conference. He is a good offensive mind. He has beaten teams before with substandard quarterbacking. We'll see what he does with Trevor Simeon. This is your season right here on Monday night. The Dolphins aren't trying. And already Mika Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick wants out. I feel bad for Brian Flores. Because they'll go out and they might get their quarterback. They could go 0-16. You deserve another year. But you might be under the gun. They might get rid of you. It's one thing to go about the Browns, but right now the Browns are 0-1, and I can't sit here and tell you that they're any sort of a blueprint right now, which takes us to the AFC North. I desperately want to hate Lamar Jackson. I can't. I wanted Lamar Jackson to be successful during the draft combine process. I think a lot of people were talking to him and confusing him at the time. NFL, personal-wise, with his agent and everybody included, I thought that he was a confused guy. Going into last season, I couldn't believe the Ravens went from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. It shows you how great of a coach that John Harbaugh is, and it shows you that Lamar Jackson is a much smarter quarterback than people think. The Dolphins are nothing, and that's not necessarily a barometer for how good he can be. We might find out a little bit more against Kyler Murray in Arizona. We might not find out more until the very next week with Baltimore. But right now, I can't take anything away from Lamar Jackson. He's quietly becoming the story of that rookie class. The Browns 0-1, your back's against the wall as well. Just getting done talking about the Jets, this is very much a playoff game for you. 
The questions of Baker are starting to pop up because when you're a guy like Baker, people are going to start to question you. Freddie Kitchens and where he comes from, already people begin to question that, and you have a hellacious schedule in front of you. If you don't win this game and you're 0-2, facts are facts. If you consider yourself a playoff team, you simply cannot lose to Trevor Simeon and the New York Jets. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 0-1. It was supposed to be the Ben Roethlisberger revenge tour. It was none of that. And I know that you can chalk it up to the Patriots, but you're compared with the Patriots, and you go out there and lay a 30-point egg the way you did on Sunday night. You have no more Antonio Brown. You have no more Le'Veon Bell. The demons are supposed to be exercised. Then don't go out and get your ass handed to you. This is a very big year for you. You got everything you wanted. You said it was addition by subtraction. You better be able to back that up. Because if you don't make the playoffs, this whole you got over on Antonio Brown thing, it doesn't work, especially if the Patriots go where everybody thinks the Patriots are going. Cincinnati, I was impressed with Zach Taylor. Tennessee, I'm impressed with Mike Vrabel. Jacksonville, I'm impressed with Gardner Minshew. The Indianapolis Colts, I'm impressed with Jacoby Brissett. The Houston Texans, I am not impressed with Bill O'Brien. The Oakland Raiders, I'm very impressed. I can't believe I'm saying this. John Gruden, the master of the clown show, was able to pull out a win. Why? Because we forgot Tyrell Williams is a great wide receiver, and they paid him $11 million. And Derek Carr, pro football focus, ranked him their number one quarterback a week one, Tom? Yeah, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Derek Carr from the ashes. His own head coach doesn't even like him. And Derek Carr takes the Oakland Raiders to victory. Kansas City is Kansas City. It looks like an offensive juggernaut unlike anything we've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes, my goodness gracious, how did nine teams pass up on this guy before? For the L.A. Chargers, so far so good without you-know-who. And for the Denver Broncos, right now I think that John Elway is sabotaging that team so he looks better as a quarterback and not as a general manager. Think about that for just a moment. Is he because pre- Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning's a leg. Uh, Peyton Manning's a legend. John Elway knows that Peyton Manning's a legend. John Elway's a legend. Are you just trying to cement your legacy as their greatest quarterback ever? Because this is awful. <laughs> Everything going against Oakland, and you go in there on Monday night and just fart all over the place. And I like Vic Fangio, man. The Dallas Cowboys, that's why you signed Zeke. We go over to the NFC, that's why you signed Zeke. Dak Prescott looked comfortable. He looked calm. He looked collected. This is a football team that's a playoff team and could win that division. Absolutely. I love the Dallas Cowboys after last week. Philadelphia roaring from behind. Carson Wentz answering some of the questions. Liked what Carson Wentz had to do. Like what the Philadelphia Eagles did. For Washington, the questions with Jay Gruden, they should arise. With the New York Giants, what are you doing wasting Saquon's time? Just play the kid. Don't go out there with Eli Manning. Stop taking out the old man. Bring in the new one. You're not doing Eli any favors. You're not doing your organization any favors. Saquon Barkley will be the one playing for you in the future. Daniel Jones will be the one playing for you in the future. It's over. Stop wasting his carries. Stop wasting his talent. He's a great running back. He can change the game. He's already in the top three, maybe even number one by the end of the year. And you are wasting his talents on sad-ass, old, broken-down football players. Stop it. Eli had his day. 
He's a veteran. He's been through hell and back. He should be able to understand that it's now time to see what they have in the future. It's absolutely ridiculous, patently ridiculous, to waste your fans' time and to waste your own time with trotting out Eli Manning. If you're going to get the brakes beat off you like that, then go see what the kid can do. For the Green Bay Packers, a nice start for them. Defensive struggle. Aaron Rodgers picking up the defense. I love the way he did it as a leader. Minnesota put some hay in the barn with a nice big win. Detroit, I have no idea what you are. You're the styrofoam of the NFL to me. The Chicago Bears, I love Mitchell, but I think they're in some trouble with him right now. The New Orleans Saints, with the way this game is played, the way they look back on Monday night, you better watch out for the Saints because they ain't America's team. Folks, they're the NFL's team, and you know what I'm saying with that. Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians. Back to one and one. Jameis Winston, for the first time in like a million years, wins on the road. I still think they're not going to be that great this year. The Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn, his ass needs to be warm. Matt Ryan, his ass needs to be warm because you're going backwards instead of forwards. And I can't just blame it all on Julio Jones. And for Carolina, and I'll say this later, maybe it's time for Cam to hang up his babushka. San Francisco, one and oh. Finally starting to be the team that they're supposed to be, even though they had to grind it out in week one. The Rams are the Rams. The Seahawks are the Seahawks. And the Cardinals, hey, that was an impressive tie. Well done, Kyler Murray. He got taller as the draft process went up. And then as it's as the season has gone on, he's gotten shorter. He was a good, and that is the NFL preview for week one. That is a guy who was about six feet two by the time that the draft actually came around, Kyler Murray. And then by the end of it all, he was like, now what, 5'7", people? 5'5"? Five, five? That's the way Kyler Murray looks to everybody. He got taller and taller right before the draft, and now he's getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. He's going to be Emmanuel Lewis by the time week five comes around. Eight five five two one two four cbs Coming up in just over 20 minutes, the Tim Tebow principal. Up next, Solomon Wilcots, Pro Football Focus. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.